0: This episode is brought to you by BentoBox, a full-service marketing and commerce platform that helps restaurants get discovered, make more money, and engage their diners. Join over 8,000 restaurants already using BentoBox today to deliver better hospitality. Visit getbento.com chef today to get your first month free. That's getbento.com chef.
1: Welcome to Japanese. I'm your host, Takiko Katayama, a food writer and the director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deeper understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from Brooklyn, New York. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every the supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi, ramen, Zakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is so a mystery for many people, and I try to demystify it in this program with my good cool guests My guest today is Mehdi Alexander-Medifer, who is a Krabito, or a brewmaster's support, at the Terada Honke in Chiba Prefecture near Tokyo. Mehdi is a Frank-Tunisian, and he, met, he has made sake at five breweries in Japan for the last eight years. And Terada Honke is distinctively unique and known for its strong focus on natural sake making. Yeah, you are not talking about natural-oriented brewing sake, but the never-ending pursuit of minimum intervention to maximize the power of nature. The brewery was founded in 349 years ago, but their philosophy shifted towards natural fairly recently. So today we'll discuss why Meri decided to pursue his career in sake making, why Terada Honke chose to become a natural sake brewer, its mind-blowing unique sake, and much, much more. But before you start, Japan is available on the Heritage Radio Network website, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify as a podcast. So please go to iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify, whichever you listen to, and subscribe to Japan needs. And please write your review. We really appreciate your feedback. Now, let's start a conversation with Mary Alexander-Metapher. Hello, Meri-san. Welcome to the show. Hello. Nice to meet
2: you.
1: Yeah, nice to meet you. Um, so, and um, thank you for staying up so late. You are in Japan, so it's really near near midnight. And uh, so, to get to know you, uh, where are you from, and what did you eat when you grew up?
2: Okay, so I'm from France and Tunisia both. So I was born in France, but I spent part of my life in Tunisia too. Uh, so I grew up between the two cultures with the very rich um, food culture, so what I've eaten uh, mm, since I'm I'm a kid, it's really, um, how to say, really rich, i eaten so, so, so many stuff, and that made me, uh, dis- mm, so I can eat everything, I mm, dislike nothing, <laughs> so... <laughs> So I'm, I'm open to any kind of cuisine, any kind of dishes. Uh, So and of course, uh, I felt into the passion of sake because I think this kind of uh, food.
1: Right. I think, well, at least you picked the two of the best parts of France and Tunisia, the great food. So yeah, yeah, I'm very uh, just kind of. So, (laughs) and then, uh, so how did you get into Japanese sake?
2: Well, uh, as I think many people, I started to uh, go to some Japanese restaurants, but uh, most of them were running by non-Japanese, so they were serving uh, at the end like a free baiju or like uh, distillated uh, alcohol beverages. And I, I thought that was uh, sake, but uh, once I've been to a like a real Japanese izakaya in France, and uh, and we ordered uh, we order um, uh, Nihonshu, the Japanese sake, the real one, and uh, from that from that moment I got really astonished about by this uh, amazing and unique taste. Uh, of course, it was kind of a shock because. Um It is totally different, it's different than wine, different than beer, so it's something new kind of taste or family of flavor uh, appear to your uh, world experience and uh, so yeah it was uh, fantastic and also really mysterious because it's hard to um, Catch the taste of sake. And uh, yeah, second time I was more prepared, so I could more maybe uh, analyze and find out the composition of the flavor, the taste, the aroma, but uh, still sometimes uh, it's uh, still like really difficult to um, find the the right approach. And uh, it led me to to want to know more, to want to make it also,
1: mm, to produce, yeah. it
2: because of this mm, always uh, mm, mm, uncatchable, um, mm, how to say it? Uh, yeah, uh, a property of sake. It's, uh, it's something. It's always challenging you. Always, always. You're always running after two, find out exactly how it's made why this taste appear was so yeah it's a kind of this uh, relationship that I have with sake after it
1: interesting yeah so let you really pointed at uh, interesting aspect of Japanese sake right because it's so diverse just made with rice and the koji and water but it's the the flavor profile goes really really wide and deep and it doesn't seem like even the same kind of beverage uh made Mm -hmm. out of uh, uh just the simple three ingredients so yeah interesting and then um i mean making sake versus drinking they're completely different things but you decided diving into making size so when and why did you go to japan
2: well uh like I, I measured in chemistry, and but also I studied philosophy at, at university. And the following my studies, like I started an internship in a very large uh, pharmaceutical company in the production of, of uh, antivenom. Um, so it's basically antibodies against the,
0: um,
2: snakes uh, and scorpions' uh, venoms. And, uh, but for a number of reasons, Uh, like uh, I had to quit so I wanted to do something completely different and live a great journey. Uh, I had this uh, Mm -hmm. fascination for sake at the same time, so I had also, I I practiced uh, karate for several years. I also I had interest in old uh, Japanese movies. So, and I had, I, uh, I, I, I was still young, like uh, young, and and with enough energy to just completely change my life, and try first. So.
1: Why not? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, sounds very simple, but it's really a big, big dive. So, yeah, I'm so glad you did that, too, because no, you are in the really right place, uh, which we're going to talk about now. So and so uh, before you joined Terra da Honke, I heard that you worked at the four other breweries before joining uh, the brewery last year. So where did you work and what did you learn at those four breweries?
2: So I started in Nagano. So I had no plan, to be honest, when I came to Japan. Like, I didn't know where to go, who to speak, to get inside the brewery, to to get, like, uh, um, hired. Uh, And that time, in 2013, it was still really new. Like, almost no books, almost no information. So I had to search by myself. Uh, I, I couldn't speak in uh, Japanese uh, as well so uh, it was hard and uh, it's not like now in eh? most of the breweries they they want to hire uh, foreigners uh, because uh, of their commercial um, goals uh, they, they want to open to to the world uh, no that was really confidential and uh, so they, were, they had a lot of reserve, or they, they were hesitating to hire me. So first I knocked too many doors, and uh, I was helped by uh, farmers. I was living in farmers' places. We were working together, uh, and in return, uh, in exchange, they were uh, providing me food and, uh, and uh, somewhere to sleep um Like it's a really um, common or like famous uh, system to to you know, travel abroad for uh, almost no money. And uh, we knocked too many doors, and uh, most of the breweries in the region of Nagano, they they refused to accept me to hire me, even for free. Mm. <laughs> uh, uh, once strawberry. We came back to them because uh, we said, like, uh, it's uh, like everyone said no, and they finally accepted me uh, as a like um, for an internship
1: of mm. four months. Wow! You and must I, be very persistent and uh, <laughs> really passionate yeah, about but, getting the job. You no,
2: know, they, they they felt pity for me. <laughs> I
1: <don't
2: know> <laughs> right? <laughs> but, wow! Uh, but now they are like a family, and it was a very small brewery, and which now is get, it got bigger and bigger and really famous. But at that time, it was small and almost a non brewery, which is uh, um, sorry, uh, Okazaki Shuzo, the mm. Kirei Shinshu Kirei sake. Okay. Uh,
1: yeah.
2: And that couple. Uh, that was making the sake and they had the kids and i was yeah, taking care of the kids and and uh, learning slowly slowly by slowly like uh, how to make sake and uh, so that was the first experience i've learned a lot but mostly how to wash and how to move inside the worry and i learned what the um, the role of the, each tools and uh, the process also I could see I could realize exactly um, step by step step by step how the sake is made. But at that time I was wasn't like responsible for any uh, delicate task or like following a fermentation or uh, making the starter or a pressing. I was just part- participating. Yeah, but it was perfect as a first uh, experience. Mm-hmm. And Now they, they, they are doing a lot of sake the amount They renew almost all, all their equipments, and they are in the yeah some some of of their sake are uh, ranked uh, in the best sake in Japan. So
1: mm, wow. So, so then uh, did you decide to switch a uh, move to a library yeah. to learn more
2: to learn more I needed a bigger uh, place to to also uh, get a, a visa a working visa so so that's why I, I had to ch- to shift for a place that um, has a potential of uh, trading with uh, foreign countries because like, it's hard to get a visa for making sake. Mm. So every time we play on the words and uh, we justify my uh, hiring by okay, I'm, I'm kind of commercial. Uh, I do business. I try to export sake. But in fact, I'm doing this. <laughs> But no one, no one comes to 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 check. Like, uh, and uh, and then uh, if someone comes, like we can say, yeah, I need to to learn to know how the sake is made to sell it, which is yeah. true. But, uh, I'm actually not selling it. <laughs> <I'm making laughs> it. Right. So okay. yes, yeah, so I've switched uh, for uh, uh, to in a brewery in Shimane, which is uh, much in the southern uh, southern uh, Japan, uh, and uh, it's uh, it was Gasan Yoshida Shuzo, which also oh,
1: uh,
2: wow. Amazing. is uh, yeah well known brewery, and uh, yeah the second time we were more staff, so I would say the second step of learning how to make sake was more how, learning how to deal with colleagues Japanese colleagues. Learning the hierarchy, learning exactly how uh, like uh, fifteen uh, people company is uh, running and is moving, and I had my first responsibilities as a kamaya, which is the the, um, the rice uh, um, when we steam the rice, the, this step. So I mm. first they put me there and um, I got really close uh, after three months, I got really close to the kashira, the, the, um, the um, head uh, assistant and uh, I learned a lot how to be with other and inside a um, Japanese company which is totally different than like a foreign company. So, right like steaming rice, how much time every day, how to estimate exactly the time, the right time.
1: Right. Just for the sake of, I mean, we want to get into Tehradashiro soon. Yeah. So so what are the two other uh, places? Because, you know, Nagano and the Shimane, they're completely different uh, region. And also I'm sure that the water changes, everything changes. So where two other uh, previous
2: the third one was in uh, Saizhou, in Hiroshima, East Ooh, Hiroshima. Nice. So the, um, also a famous place for the massive production sake, but uh, also for really uh, quality, uh, qualitative sake. And uh, so I stayed there one year and a half. So one season in Shimane, one year and a half in Saijo, and then five years in uh, Nagoya. In, uh, at um, uh Jozo, the Koheji.
1: Hmm. Wow. Uh, so yeah. you really covered uh, different styles of sake. And uh, mm. it's just very impressive how you, at <laughs> the first, you didn't know anything about even the language to anything. And then you really, eight years up to now, you really became very, very knowledgeable, skilled worker. So... Yeah, that's amazing, and uh, so so it's, you've been in Japan, right? So, do you uh, have you learned anything other than sake making? Like being in Japan, like culturally, is there anything you got impressed with or something?
2: first Japanese
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh by the way this nurse uh, he's a uh, made his Japanese is almost perfect I thought he he grew up in Japan and went to Paris and then came back here so that's that fluent so yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah so, besides yeah besides the second I would say maybe the, the biggest uh, my biggest accomplishment was uh, to be to being able to learn Japanese uh, I also, of course, uh, I got involved into uh, rice uh, farming. So I'm like the previous company in Nagoya. Uh, they uh, farm uh, about 20 hectares of uh, rice bodies. So it's very big. It's all Yamadensky and Omachi, but it's uh, not uh, organic uh, style. Uh, so yeah.
1: Mm. Oh wow. Wow, you really covered yeah from everything even from farming. That's very impressive. Okay. Um all right, so we'll take a quick break here and when we come back we'll dive into Terada Honke's super unique sake and the philosophy behind it. Uh, so please stay with us.
0: Did you know that over 70% of diners research a restaurant online before ordering from or going in person? Your digital front door is more important than ever. Let BentoBox design and build you a beautifully branded website. BentoBox websites provide sleek design and seamless content management, creating impactful first impressions and converting visitors into customers. And with built-in commerce and marketing tools like online ordering, gift cards, automated email, and more, you can also grow your revenue and keep your diners coming back. Join over 8,000 restaurants that leverage BentoBox to power their digital presence and deliver great hospitality. Visit getbento.com chef today to get your first month free. That's getbento.com chef. Hey, everyone. I'm Jesse Sparks, host of the new podcast, The One Recipe, from the team behind the Splendid Table. This pod is all about that one recipe that you lean on. The one you share with friends, the one you make when you need a little love, and the one you know will work every single time. Every week, I talk with chefs and gifted cooks from all over the world about their one and the story behind it. We're here to help you build your kitchen library one dish at a time. Follow The One Recipe wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome back, you're listening to Japan Eats. I'm your host, Aki and my guest today is Mehdi Alexander-Metifer, Metafer, is a Krabito, or Brewmaster's support, at Terada Honke in Chiba Prefecture, near Tokyo. Mehdi is french uh, franco tunisian and he has made sake at five breweries in Japan for the last eight years. So, let's talk about Terada Honke. So, Terada Honke is very unique and famous for its natural sake production, and uh yeah, it's not just natural style. It's really, really uh, extremely natural. And we're going to talk about it in a moment. But uh brewery was found in 1673, and the current owner, Masaru Terada, is the 24th generation of the family business. But the brewery has not been so natural over the last 300 years or so. So what happened to their sake production philosophy?
2: Like uh, the, the owner... Uh Actually, uh, got uh, the previous uh, mm, the previous generation of uh, owner. Uh, he got sick. He fell ill, and uh, find out that uh, true fermentation. Because in Japan, you know, the art of fermentation is uh, really deep, and uh, it's uh, in every um, uh, part of the um, food culture. He he found out that uh, using fermentation, a natural fermentation, uh, with involved, that involved like natural uh, microorganisms, natural ones, uh, not selected one, but uh, wild uh, ones, uh, could um, like uh, make him feel better. And actually, he he succeeded to to recover a little, but uh, wasn't enough. But that was also his um, um, idea: uh, is to switch totally to things that are really uh, healthy, and um, it starts from the rice itself. It needs to be like organic. It needs to, to be done or farmed without any um, uh, fertilizer uh, fertilizer and, um, okay. and chemical uh, pesticides. So yeah i i am sure I'm gonna have a lot of occasion after to being more um say precise on this part but uh, yeah for the the history or for the um, choice of switching to a, um, natural, uh natural sake that was the reason yeah.
1: mm-hmm. so if you specify what what is the sake making philosophy of Terada honken after the previous owner recovered from such a serious disease just by going natural
2: ok um, this is a really large question so <laughs> on
1: the equipment
2: like um, maybe I'm going to start to speak I will go to several direct directions but at the end like I think our uh, people are listening uh, will uh, understand uh, what I want to say um I want to take you in with me into a different philosophy, uh, our approach of sake. And I have to speak about sake first and say a few things about it. Um, okay, of course, we can say that natural sake is uh, necessar- necessarily made with organic rice, it's not only uh, a matter of organic rice, matter of mm, mindset, on how we think, um, our relationship to the world, to the environment, to the nature. Mm, we say it's organic rice, but there is also um, no addition of any micro-selected microorganisms. They are all living inside the brewery. Mm. And mm. the microorganisms we use are the lactic bacteria, the yeast fungi, and the koji also, the koji fungi, um, the the mold. So those three microorganisms, they are living inside the brewery. So we do not procure uh, from supplier. We do not buy them. They are uh, living. And... Making natural sake is the ability of creating a um, habitat where where those uh, living organisms uh, can um, uh, can grow, can in- increase, and can yeah live uh, well. So um, basically, it's just the management or the how to um, how to help uh, those microorganisms to live and to interact uh, with each other or with the rice itself mm. it's, we are following uh, a movement a natural movement so um, so it's kind of really a holistic uh, way of thinking or, um, yeah. Mm. I, w- I want you to imagine uh, uh, one big circle and inside another one smaller and inside another one smaller and so on. The biggest one is a big space with a lot of energy. It's, uh, it's the energy of the earth and the sun it's um, kind of yeah the universe. And the other one is the nature and the mountains, the rice paddies. And the other one inside is actually the society and uh, made by, um, composed with people, with art, with um, philosophy, with concepts. And the the smaller one inside is the brewery. And finally, the smallest one inside, in the middle, is the tank. Mm. All those spaces, spaces, they are connected. They are not... um, So the limits of those circles, it's porous. It lets um, energy and things go through pass through so mm, making natural sake is first uh, uh, being aware or about this mm. so all those ecosystems or habitat they are really they they are open they are not closed so brewery basically, what you find inside the brewery is exactly what you find inside the tanks. And the microorganisms are almost the same. They are living on the wall, they are living on the floor, on the roof, inside the wooden pillar of the brewery. They are living everywhere. And they are and we are keeping the balance. So that's why brewery is not closed. There is no door. Like air comes through. Large amount of air comes through. Windows are always open, and we never wash. Why we never wash and we never clean so far and we never use soap? It's just to preserve the natural habitat. And then there are those living microorganisms. They can happily um, do their life, and they are confront. Uh, they confront. Uh, their self to um, other microorganisms that, and sometimes they, they fight together but it's the way they become uh, stronger and stronger. So we respect this kind of fight or confrontation and what is really uh, funny is that when you do, when you make rice, you need good organic um, earth, organic material, and um, microorganisms, fungi, they decompose the, some bigger elements and turn it into nutrients. So, in the rice fields, microorganisms feed the rice and let the rice grow and become bigger. And inside the tank, inside the tank, it's the opposite. Rice is the food of the microorganism, and the fermentation occur. So, that's the that's the philosophy uh, behind the natural fermentation.
1: Mm, right. So basically, uh, it's a full trust in nature, and the assumption is that. If we don't uh, lose the balance, I'm trying to intervene and do something uh, silly, and uh, lose the balance of the nature, uh, which is always already perfect, then we're gonna go uh, to the wrong place. And what uh, Terahonke is doing is just try to preserve as what's given by nature, and which seems to be very successful, and. Yeah, I think one one thing I quote from uh, the website of Terada Honke. So life goes either into rotting or rotting or fermenting, and if the healthy fermentation loses its balance, it becomes rotting. And uh, I think this is uh, what learned from the twenty third generation uh, Mister Terada who got sick uh, because he lost the balance in his body. So this application of um, healthy balance. The pursuit of health imbalance, I think, is really amazing. And what's actually happening at the sake brewery, um, which you tremendously help, and um, is there's so many elements. So let's just talk about these some elements involved in actual sake production, um, So, such as rice, yeast, and you, you mentioned koji, but what do you do um, practically to become so natural?
2: Mm. Well, uh, as I said, uh, just uh, the ability of creating good medium that are good habitat that are liked by the organism, and they come by themselves. Like we are just <laughs> preparing mash, mashes, tanks, and they come by themselves. Of course, for the Koji, it's little different because we also cultivate the Koji by ourselves. But... When you make a starter, when you start a starter, to make a starter, you just smash rice and, of course, uh, mix it with water and with koji and then just wait, (laughs) just wait. And if there is the right density, um, um, first lactic bacteria will turn uh, the sugar into lactic acid and made um, the medium is enough acid to prevent contamination, or, I don't like the term of contamination. In sake breweries, in, in sake world, or in the production world, we all, like most of the people that are working with more uh, recent methods as the Sokujomoto or the Hon Sokujomoto, That's it's a way ways of, uh, of making starter. Uh, with addition of uh, industrial lactic acid Uh, they always speak about contamination as there is a kind of uh, really conservative uh, uh, way uh, to prevent or to keep something almost uh, sterilized uh, natural sake is all about just uh, letting nature doing itself. Uh, its um, its uh, things. Mm. So the starter, you have a lot of bacteria. You have a lot of uh, different kind of yeast. Uh, some are weak. Some are stronger. Some some of them can produce a lot of alcohol. Some are just uh, there. Maybe they are just uh, doing their life without almost no Producing any alcohol or any good acid, or like like in a society, like in the nature, like which everyone has it, it's its own uh, role. But uh, it's they are all different, and uh, some are maybe more important or not more important, but just uh, for us uh, in our goal of making sake. So. Uh, East, they are living together they are competing they are uh, they can do some uh, um, association against another type, another type of uh, mm, of uh, East so and um, basically when you have enough acidic medium uh, good yeast came inside the mash and they start the fermentation and they start to turn uh, starch, and other compounds into sake, into, into alcohol. Um, so, yeah, making also natural sake uh, is about not um, uh, trying to control the, the time, because natural sake takes its own reason. If you want to produce a large amount of sake, it's hard because the speed of fermentation is always different. Uh, the speed of fermentation we call it the kinetic, the cinetic, kinetic, like the how how fast the mm, degradation, uh, the decomposition is uh, mm, happening. So sometimes a starter to make a starter it can take fifty days. It can take. 30 days can take 40 days. So if you are in a rush, if you hurry, if you need to hurry, you cannot do a natural sake. And main mash can take even longer. In in the average for Junmai or mm, Junmai Daiginjo, it's mm, 20 days to 30 or 35 days to finish a sake, to reach the um, uh, right amount of uh, alcohol.
1: Mm, right. So basically, um, I think the process sounds like you grow healthy um, microorganisms uh, so that they can beat uh, bad guys. So you don't have any contamination. What do you use as a kind of like chemical-oriented term? So. The balance that you create patiently with long time that really keeps the balance of um, the natural power. And then I heard you, of course, you use uh, organic rice and as the milling rate. Uh, lots of sake has a uh, low milling rate because it has an outer side of the rice that's whole another uh, microorganisms and different flavors. And lots of sake undiluted and pasteurized no alcohol added, and those elements really create a unique sake, Terada Honke. So let's talk about some of the sake you make. So um, maybe you can give us a couple examples of examples that represent Terada Honke's philosophy.
2: Yeah, but can I add something just about to, to introduce the taste of uh, Terada Honke? Sure, sure, sure. So about natural sake. And also, you, you, um, I, I had to add two things. Uh, another thing is that we are working uh, really with a lot of happiness, and we sing for some of the step of sake brewing. We sing, and that is a way to to thanks to think uh, to thanks the 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 microorganism to be to um, be really. Uh, uh, to f- to feel closer to also this amazing uh, world and amazing things that is occur- occurring. And it's also a way to um, measure the time. So singing... Mm. So, uh, right. Well, the
1: singing at the sake brewery um, is a part of uh, the traditional way to make it and maybe because people don't get bored or just... Exactly. Right, and also I think um, why well, I I've been to winery where people play uh, jazz or classic music in the fermentation uh, room, and it's kind of I don't know how scientifically you can prove, but those wines they said taste better, and <laughs> there's could be a uh, uh, some elements to make the bacteria happy, as far well as you sing well
2: it. <laughs> uh, it's hard to prove it but what i what i really feel is that it 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 increases my uh sensitivity and my creativity so i'm more uh, mm, mm, uh it makes me more able to to create taste and to approach to have a, a, a very pure approach of uh, of life the, the and we go back to this holistic uh um, uh philosophy of uh, like trying to keep the balance everywhere in the rice fields or uh and in the inside the tanks and inside the brewery so um definitely it has a lot of good benefits uh for sure uh and I want I want to tr- to 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 to, um, to trust that also uh it is good for uh, organisms so yeah Natural psyche is also about this um, trying to be as much as possible like creative and uh, receptive, um, yeah, sensitive to to the every kind of uh, um, things around us that can give us more inspiration to create taste, and it's also about using at most uh, as much as possible, uh, um, as less as possible uh, energy. So uh when we wash, we are really careful of, uh, about the amount of water we use. We don't use any soap uh, we all, we use sometimes like hot very hot water, but not in a large amount also uh, we definitely uh, are uh, really careful. We, uh, we care about those all those issues so um, and then we go to the end, uh, or not to the end, but uh, about the taste and about the profile, aroma profile. Basically, making sake is um, is melting rice, is turning rice into liquid form. Okay,
1: mm. uh,
2: that's that's the that's uh, what matter to us. It's how how far we can turn rice into liquid form and how much, how much uh, alcohol rate we can reach. So uh, I really um, uh, I, I, I wish like every consumer um, ask or could uh, ask uh, to the producer, how far do you melt the rice? When if you when you use one thousand kilo of rice at the end, how much uh, how much of this amount remain in solid form? So how much has melted? Which which is the proportion which has melted? That's the because the taste doesn't come from the water; it comes from the rice itself and of course the fermentation. The all the products that are uh, mm, produced by the microorganism, acid or amino acids, uh, sugar. So, so I go back to what I was saying about time. More you you take time for the main mash, and the more you have the. Um, chance to to melt the rice so first in for terada honke which is important is to get rich and full bodied sake so we 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 are really really trying hard to uh melt the the rice so for some people maybe uh, they will um uh, they will know that this term is kasabuai. Kasabuai is, is the proportion of uh, rice uh, um, which has uh, melted, and normally, normally for the average is um, around sixty percent. That means you end up with forty uh, percent. Or for one thousand kilo, for example, you end up with four hundred kilo of uh, um, solid. Material at the end, mm. so more than half of the rice involved in the fermentation has melted. Right. That's the that's the the average. But in Teradonke, we try to reach twenty percent. So we are basically more than the double. So inside the bottle of uh, sake, you have double amount of rice, and you tell you said like all we almost. We use uh, almost unpolished rice. So it's not like uh, something, it's not a mystery. The taste comes from the element of rice. It it comes essentially uh, from the fat, from the mineral, from the protein. Sugar is turned into... mm, the the starch is is turned into sugar and it's turned into uh, alcohol. So, Mm. if you polish too much the the rice, like, uh, um, you remove half of it, you will remove all the things that create the taste. And you end up with a two-dimension sake that has only sugar and alcohol. And the umami disappear. The acid also almost disappear. And so uh, Kimoto, Kimoto has a very unique ability. the kimoto way of making sake have a very unique ability. It's to uh, turn the protein into very, very, very large amount of amino acid. So, if you re, if you keep rice as itself, like almost unpolished, and you combine it with Kimoto way of making sake, you end up with something really really rich. And if you keep the fermentation going far, it's it's the best uh, combo for me.
1: Mm, right. So one of those uh, Kimoto degree. Um, that's the opposite of Sokujo, right? Sokujo is like inoculated, it's a kind of efficient way to make sake, but yeah. the kimoto was before all those technologies, new ideas was introduced. So you have a gonin musume, uh, that's uh, the kimoto-based sake. And uh, the other thing I really was intrigued by, there's uh, katori. I think this is available in the States too. So yeah. this is junmai, and katori is uh, like a milling rate is 80% or 90%, two types, and that's ridiculous because uh, usually Japanese premium sake at least is um, milled down to 70%. I mean, the remaining part is 70%. And some extreme sake goes into like 20% remaining or some kind of, like the more milled, the better. It's like a wrong mindset. And uh, can you maybe talk about this katori, uh, that's jumai sake?
2: Of course, katoli, The unique things of cataly is that uh, until ninety percent, when you keep ninety percent of the sake, of the rice, you keep the fat. The fat will be decomposed into mm, into kind of uh, oil. So inside the mash, you can see that there is oil. This oil is a new kind of new dimension of the taste, give a new dimension, a richer, richer taste. And um, what something is, uh, I think, or I find that like um, difficult with sake is sometimes the ethanol, the alcohol is too high and give a a dry um, impression. Like and it makes the sake become really sharp, and sometimes too sharp. But the oil has the ability to cover it, to cover this sharpness and make it smoother, smoother. So you have the large amount of protein that are turned into amino acids, so it's really rich in terms of umami, it has enough uh, sugar, uh, glucose, because it's important, of course. And you have the lactic acid produced in large amounts because of the Kimoto And you have the oil. All this mixed up, made category. And it's uh, really u- unique. The, the rich the richness of this sake the, the smooth, smoothness of this sake is really unique and um, mm. even when you are working I, I now i will speak as a kurabito working with uh, almost unpolished rice it's so so um um enjoyable because rice doesn't stick because uh you can feel more you can even feel the 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 fat the oil on the on the surface of the rice the rice is really smooth when you you're working when you're 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 like mm, making the koji or so um actually it's fantastic uh mm. the mash the mash when you it's on the uh, the fermentation is on the uh on the the process processing the mash has uh, nuts walnuts uh Almond uh, flavor. It's so so unique, and the color of the mash is yellow. And when you mix it, you can feel the density. Very very, it's so dense. It's not mm, it's not too too liquid, like because of the a large amount of water. So uh, of course there is some trick, and uh, because using. 90 uh, almost unpolished rice is hard. It's hard to melt uh, um, <laughs> almost unpolished rice. So there is some like uh, way that are keeping secret. Uh, um, but that kind of adjustment. But the thing is, um, uh, it gives you an access to the rice and the fermentation test. Uh, it's
1: uh, unbelievable. Right. So, um, yeah, it it's, uh, well, sounds like it's really the ultimate um, uh, representation of the balance that we discussed. So uh, natural lactic acid and the sugar and the fat in rice, which I feel like we've been wasting a lot of this tastiness uh, by milling down uh, too much. Um, but And I also heard that this katori uh, is used to um, serve God, I mean, at the shrine, at the Katori Shrine. So it really means a lot for, really, I'm sure this is a precious sake. It's served to uh, the God at the shrine, Katori Shrine. So very impressive. And uh, I mean, I wish we could just go through everything you have, but I, for example, you have a whole grain um, sake, which I've never heard of. It's almost like, because it's the sake is never, uh, Kind of malted because if you mill down outside, you cannot malt um, the the rice. So, but this is kind of like malted style, and also you have uh, the uh, bodai moto, which is really the most ancient style of sake making, by mm. um, cultivating lots of lactic acid naturally. So, um, this must be really challenging for you, and uh, but most intriguing part of sake making because it's the extreme uh, case of. Naturalness. So, uh, what's the most challenge for you to make sake at Terada Shuzo? It's it's to re-
2: <laughs> it was to reset my mind <laughs> <laughs> because I had uh, my old my, my whole my whole um, until I, I got uh, inside uh, Terada Honke, I used to to work on you know, with sakejo and uh, really. Highly polished rice. and uh, I had a few experience, a uh, few, um, few times with uh, Yamaha also. But uh, yeah, it was to reset, to reset. But I was ready to. I was um, ready, and uh, uh, I wanted. That's why I, I switched to Terra da Honke And I had the intuition. Uh, in in the in my uh, whole journey, I had the intuition that. There is other things maybe that um, I w- would feel closer to another philosophy, another. So I-, I was preparing myself to find what I found in Terra Honke, and mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, the the, the maybe the, yeah the, the the most difficult uh, or the most challenging things was to yeah uh, to be not. Uh, overflowed by the new taste and the new, because it's uh, when you spoke about uh, when you have spoken about the, the unpolished game, uh, my mm, that's also so interesting. And it's you have a kind of a mattress inside your head and with a lot of information, and you keep adding information. New flavor, new taste, and it increased all the possibility. So now I, I, I see so many possibilities. Like I'm sure that sake is still at its uh, almost uh, um, baby age. <laughs> even it's, it it has 2,000 uh, years uh, uh, history, and even more if you go back to uh, Korea and China, and the, because actually. What uh, Terada Honke is is making uh, is is close to what was produced before. Uh, The recent, the recent addition, the 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 previous this like one hundred years, the recent one hundred years, the addition of um, kind of removed uh, sake. It's um, more its global aspect. Uh, it came from China, came through Korea, and ended up in Japan. And in Japan, it has a long, 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 long life uh, in, with a different form or aspect, closer to what we're doing now in Terada Honke. It's so recent. The, the polishing machine uh, came recently, like they have less than 80 years old. The Selected East also. Uh, especially the ginjo, for make for making ginjo, they are so, so recent. So if you remove those two addition in terms of the process, uh, I think you can reach uh, what is real sake, and you can reach the DNA. Of course, I don't blame or I don't think that uh, it's not relevant to make uh, high-polished, uh, um... Uh, sake uh, sake based on high, high polishing uh, rates of rice but maybe it made it too exclusive it made the sake too exclusive and le- less able to be uh, mm, like shared with other uh, mm, style of food with other uh, food culture
0: mm. so
2: Going back to what is sake, what sake is, the DNA, how we uh, can be a nice approach to also, uh, um, also re increase the consumption of sake because it's definitely decreasing, and uh, the interest in sake also in Japan, for example. So. Um, so I'm I'm working on those issues now. I'm trying to, uh, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. So, and then um, you know, Teradomke seems very forward-minded, and uh, unlike most traditional breweries, it, it welcomes you um, like no Japanese gravita, although. You, I think <laughs> you seem to be almost more Japanese than, I, than regular Japanese people. But do you have other non Japanese krabito at Terada Honke?
2: I think because of the corona, uh, they are not uh, almost not, like it's difficult to come uh, to Japan. Mm. Uh, but uh, I heard that uh, almost every year, some uh, people they come, like uh, foreigners, they come to, for internship. So they they come few months, couple of months, a uh, couple of weeks, and they and most of them they are uh, winemakers. They have like all, already experience in, uh, in fermentation. Uh, so uh, yeah, Terayonke uh, is always welcoming people, and I, I go back to what I was saying about. The my circles, my space, those ecosystem. And I said, it's all by exchanging. And Antela Honke has the, this ability to exchange with the with the outside world and to mm, take from this world uh, ideas and inspiration to enhance uh, their art. So when Bury is is close, too much close, almost like uh, there is no any more exchange with the world, with the outside. Uh, actually, it it rotten. Easy. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, right. and it doesn't, it doesn't uh, um how to say uh there is no rebirth. It it keeps itself like this and then it dies
1: Right. So that's the then this comes comes a full circle, right? Like rotten, there are two paths. Uh life can get uh to rotten rottening state or fermentation state, which keeps living forever. So by having someone like you, I've been very impressed how much you've been contributing to Japanese traditional sake industry. And um yeah, I really think it's so valuable to have someone like you. Uh, Regularly, constantly, uh, for the Japanese sake industry for the future. So, what are your plans and dreams?
2: Um, My plans, my plans to, it's to. to stay there and learn and feel more and more deeply how Teladas uh, Honke uh, brewery is, is working and to analyze this uh, model of uh, this unique model of uh, it's not just a brewery. Uh, as I said, it's a, a whole ecosystem a cafe also there is a cafe uh, and, and because we are not only producing sake we are producing like um, Narazuke and, and uh, uh, ume juice and uh, many many kinds of food based on fermentation so kurabito they experience every time this kind of food and uh, and so they enrich their potential of uh, creation so, there are always this kind of thing. So mm, I want to go deeper and deeper in this uh, uh, direction of uh, getting more inspired by the environment, by the mountain, by the rice field, by the this whole ecosystem, and see how far it can help me to make to create new sake. So my dreams is of course to become once uh, to make maybe my own brewery. I, mm. I have to go back to France. I cannot stay anymore because of uh, like uh, the private issues. Uh, my family asked me to go to come back. So in short, in mid short term, uh, in short mid-term, I, I will I will have to go back to my country. So I'm also working on book uh, uh, and. Uh, and also, yeah, I want to improve the maybe uh, the if I can uh, add something. Maybe it's to, just because I uh, I'm I'm still uh, I, I can speak well Japanese. I can help. I can uh, I can read. I can but I'm still how to say a foreigner. So uh, I've always I'm, there is always a distance. So this distance allows me to allows me to also see things that some people cannot see so it has limits but also benefits and uh, yeah I uh, would love that to create if I can uh, for my brewery like uh, easier style of um, like uh, working also improving the efficiency like can be natural but efficient and And then give more like time free time to the collabito so and uh, yeah improve the work conditions and some it's all there is many things to 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 work on uh there's so much
1: things (laughs) right well well keep me posted maybe uh you can come back you have so much to share And uh, you're such a philosopher and such a hard worker. And you really have tremendously wide and deep views to the world. So, yeah, good luck. And uh, hopefully I can taste your sake made in France. That would be awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah. I would love to. uh, If I can reach this this goal, this step, yeah, why not? I'm trying to uh, expand uh, sake's roots or territory.
1: Right. Okay, so where can we find your updates online and on social media? Uh,
2: I only have like one. Uh, I recently opened an Instagram account. Okay. Uh, it's um, uh, nomad uh, sake brewer because I I have traveled.
1: Oh, okay, <laughs> nomad sake brewer. All and right.
2: You, uh, I mean, that's...
1: No. Right. Yeah, that's a really good name. That's exactly who you are. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, so good luck and thank you so much for joining us today, Mehdi. Ah, You're
2: welcome. Thank you very much
1: so listeners if you have any questions or comments about the show or suggestions for show topics or guests please contact us at japan eats at the heritage radio network.org or kikukatema.com japan eats a weekly program and always available at heritage radio network.org as well as on itunes teacher and spotify as a podcast uh, we'll take a spring break for the next few weeks so we'll see you at the beginning of may and i engineer today's amen spenjan thank you for listening One is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a non-profit organization, driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thank you for listening.